You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Okay, so you have me today, this month, this day. One and done, yeah. So uh, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So, and I, I had like uh, three messages, so this is going to be like uh, one message with a bunch of points, three weeks worth in one day, so we'll see how it works. So turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and then if you would, put your finger over to 2 Samuel. Chapter 24, we'll start at verse 9 there, but that will be towards the end. Towards the end. So we'll, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just uh, pray that uh, this morning you meet with us. Help me, Lord, to just uh, speak what you would have for us this morning. Take me out of the way. And uh, Lord, we love you and thank you for your love for us and especially your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning we're going to talk about the gospel. And uh, I kind of broke it down into four different uh, aspects of what, uh, how Paul breaks it out to the Corinthians. We know the Corinthian church is kind of a very church in turmoil, a lot of uh, worldliness brought into it. And uh, so he wrote this letter to the Corinthian church to kind of... Um, uh, chastise them over some of the practices and some of the things that they were allowing in the church. But here in uh, chapter 15, he kind of he wants to remind them of some things, and we always need to be reminded of who we are in Christ. We have to be reminded from time to time what the gospel means to us. So um, this morning we're going to talk about the gospel, uh, personalization. Um, personification, confirmation, and promotion, okay? So I got to rush through this this morning uh, because I want to get to kind of a major point at the end, but uh, let's see uh, how the Lord works this out. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse 1, uh, Paul writes, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. And after that, he was seen above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. 
And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly that they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so ye believed. So uh, he starts off with um, this portion of scripture in uh, verses 1 and 2, and let's reread those for a moment. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received. And when ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. He says, I declare unto you the gospel. And of course, we know the gospel is the good news. It's a declaration of independence from the bondage of Satan and sin, right? So, um... He declares this unto the Corinthians, and he wants them to make aware of it. What the gospel is, it's good news. All this stuff that's going on around them in the, in the world that they're experiencing back in this time. He says, I have some good news for you, and it's the gospel. We all have this good news. And then he, said, then he goes and he has four different yees. He takes the gospel the message, and now he personalizes it to each and every one. We know that as we get saved, it's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, right? Each and every one of us, okay? It's not kind of a corporate thing, although we do come together corporately, but as we take in the gospel, it's a personal thing. So the first one, the first ye says, ye have received... Okay? Ye have received. So here he says, hey, I declared this gospel unto you, and you're now taking possession of what I have, what I have given to you. He says, I was here, I preached it, and you took possession of the good news. Okay? You received it as a gift. And then he says, ye stand. Make a firm, unwavering commitment willing to defend. You've taken a stand. You've received the gospel. You received the good news. And now you've taken a stand. The gospel is something you accept as truth. And you're willing to accept this in your life. Okay? Then thirdly, the ye is ye are saved. You've received it. You've now taken a stand, and now this gospel has preserved you from the danger of destruction. You are saved. You're rescued. And saved has quite a, is something that's just not a, a single word of being rescued, but uh, it's wrapped into a lot of things about our Christian faith. Save, we are redeemed. Christ has made a payment for our sins. Save means we're regenerated. We're new creatures in Christ. It's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. We're justified. A declaration that our sin guilt has been washed away through the shed blood of Christ. We are forgiven. Removal of sin and reconciled. We are restored in a 
right relationship with Almighty God, and we are sanctified. We are set apart. The process by which we grow in holiness, in obedience. So you've received the word of God. You've taken a stand that it's truth. And through that, you have been saved. And the last ye he mentions here is, ye keep in memory unless you believed in vain. You hold fast. You live it out. He says, don't forget what you've committed to through accepting the gospel. And he says, your faith will be tested. Our faith will be tested. And we have to continuously live it out and remember where we came from, that what this salvation is was not something in vain. Not something in vain. And he talks about that later on in this portion of scripture. So we've received it, we've taken a stand, through that we're saved, and we're not to forget it, and we're to live it out. It is something that's supposed to be woven into the fabric of our lives so that it doesn't become something meaningless, something meaningless, something vain, maybe a false profession. We need to live this out. Then, in verse 3 he says, and this is the personification. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and then he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Christ, Christos, meaning the Son of God, the Anointed One. You know, John, in chapter 1, he says the word of God, <clears throat> that the word was God and the word became flesh. The gospel is the person of Jesus Christ. It's not only a word that we receive, take a stand, provide salvation, something we're not to forget, but it's also Jesus Christ himself, the personification of the gospel. Thirdly, there's this confirmation. In 1 Corinthians 15, starting at verse 5, it says, And then he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, and then all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. The evidence is overwhelming. He's reminding the Corinthians that the evidence is overwhelming. Uh, there is a website that I go to every now and then. It's called libertysentinel.org. And it's a good blend of Christian principles and kind of things that are going on in the world. So um, I, I really enjoy going there from time to time. And there was an article in there from a fellow called Dr. Peter Hammond. And it was called, Christ is Risen Indeed, Evidences for the Resurrection. And he gives, and through this article, he gives long lists of evidences of... Um, Christ's resurrection. 
And he mentions one fella, and it, he was back in um, the late 1800s, and his name was Simon Greenleaf. And he says, Simon Greenleaf, an unbelieving Jew, recognized as one of the most skilled legal minds ever produced, developed the Harvard Law School. He is recognized as the top authority on what constitutes sound evidence. After being challenged by a student, if he had examined the evidence for the resurrection, Simon Greenleaf made a thorough and exhaustive examination of the objective evidence and the testimony of the four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in his book, The Testimony of the Evangelists, Baker, 1874. And he concluded, it was therefore impossible that they could have persisted in affirming the truths that have narrated and not Jesus actually risen from the dead and had they not known this fact as certainty as they knew any other fact. Simon Greenleaf declared that any court of law, if presented with the evidence of the resurrection, would have, would have to give a verdict in favor of the integrity and accuracy of the gospel writers in the fact of the resurrection. It's the truth. The evidence is overwhelming. And he's trying to explain this to the Corinthians. There was probably some doubt that they had. And he says, the truth is overwhelming. The evidence is there. There's witnesses. And we have to have that same mindset today. It is truth. Then there's the promotion. In verse 8, and I'm kind of, kind of park on this one for a moment. In verse 8, he says, And the last of all, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. You know, we're all born out of due time. There's a reason why we're here today. There's a reason why each and every one of us were created for some purpose in the time in which we live. So he was born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church. But the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with, which was with me, Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach and so ye believe. You get the impression as, as Paul kind of lays this out, that uh, there were people within that, maybe within the church, maybe without the church, in that area. As you kind of read through Corinthians, he talked, he mentions, you know, other uh, teachers and preachers like Apollos and how people are kind of lining up with all this. But the important thing that Paul lays out is the gospel. But you get the feeling that he's kind of getting attacked. And the reason why he was getting attacked is because people are saying, look at, look at this fellow. How can you believe him? How can you listen to him? He persecuted the church. He persecuted the church. You know, we all have baggage. We all have things in our life that we carry. There's, 
There's sin. You know, we have, in our families, we probably have uh, sons and daughters that may not be living for Christ. And people try to use that against us. People try to use that to try to belittle us and make our message um, watered down or discredited. You know, it's a satanic attack. And we need to stay strong. We need to stay, stay strong. We need to be instant, in season and out of season. And there's current events that will challenge this today. There's this tyranny, medical tyranny, political tyranny. Um, I want to read, uh, and I've gone through this quickly, but I get this um, publication from Hillsdale College. It's called Im Imprints. And uh, it's pretty good, you know. Uh, Hillsdale College is here in Hillsdale, Michigan. Uh, it's a conservative liberal arts. And um, they usually have some pretty interesting people that write articles for this, or they come and uh, do conferences at the school or do a lecture and, and they'll print it. And uh, in this particular um, uh, publication, uh, they had Scott Atlas. Now, if you don't know who Scott Atlas is, Scott Atlas was the fellow that Trump tried to put in charge of communicating what's going on with COVID, um, trying to get push Fauci out of the way. Um, and uh, so he installed him for a while, but the poor guy couldn't take all the deep state stuff that was going on, so he ended up resigning. But th this is a good man, and he writes, First, I have been shocked at the unprecedented, unprecedented exertion of power by the government since last March, issuing unilateral decrees, ordering the closure of businesses, churches, and schools, restricting personal movement, mandating behavior, and suspending indefinitely basic freedoms. Second, I was and remained stunned, almost frightened, at the acquiescence of the American people to such destructive, arbitrary, and wholly uns unscientific rules, restrictions, and mandates. The pandemic also brought to the forefront things we have known existed and have tolerated for years. Media bias, the decline of academic freedom on campuses, the heavy hand of big tech, and how more obviously than ever the public, public the politicization of science. Ultimately, the freedom of Americans to seek and state what they believe to be truth is at risk. And through this, he also mentions, we, almost pray, we all must pray to God that the infamous claim attributed to the Nazi propagandist Joseph Goebbels, a lie told once remains a lie but a lie told a thousand times becomes the truth, never becomes operative in the United States of America. Pretty strong statements. 
But we can apply that to our, our Christian faith. People are trying to silence us. You know, um, Fauci, he's a puppet. He's a puppet of Big Pharma. He's a puppet of Bill Gates. Um, our president and vice president, they're puppets of Obama in the basement, pulling the puppet strings. He's a puppet of George Soros. They're all puppets of the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds that control the whole financial system of the world. I don't know if you know it or not, there was a Zoom meeting this week of top, top 100 executives. And in Georgia, they passed some uh, legislation about voter ID. We know this 2020 election was a complete fraud, okay? So they, they passed uh, some voter ID laws, okay? So these top 100 executives got together and it was led by a Rothschild and the Pope. And what they were trying to do is figure out how to influence the states of America so that these rules about voting could be stopped so they can't continue to rig our elections. And some of these executives were a Ford Motor Company, um, American Express, I think General Motors, and others. You know what that's called? It's called fascism. And our government has used corporations to try to control the American public for years. And now it's just becoming to light. And you know, as you think about the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers that are kind of sitting on top of this, you know, who is the one that's really pulling these strings with all these people? I'm going to tell you who it is. His name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. His name in the Greek tongue is Apollyon. These people submit to Satan. And that's what this is all about. And I'll tell you what, some of the stuff that's going on, just read the book of Revelation. Read those four horsemen of the apocalypse. If you read through there, you know, you're going to bring in the commercial end of things, the religious end of things with the false prophet. And that's what's starting to kind of blend today. But Paul stood up to all that. You know why? Because he had the truth. He says, I am what I am. I'm saved by grace. And it's by God's grace he was able to preach the gospel and withstand this tyranny that was trying to push him out. And we have to do the same thing. We have to hold to the truth of the gospel. We have to walk in truth. We've received it as Christians. We said we've made a stand. And by it, we are saved. Who's all saved here? Okay. 
We're not to sit in our basements of our house. We're not to cower from this tyranny. We're to walk upright in the truth and explain to people it's Jesus Christ who we believe in. We don't believe in man, in some of these edicts, in some of these things that uh, they're trying to push us into. Turn to 2 Samuel, chapter 24, starting at verse 9. I got about five minutes. I know I went through this quickly. Tell you what, Satan's weapons are fear, lies, and deception. Here, um, in this portion of scripture, David, uh, he's feeling pretty good about himself. You know, he's uh, probably the most powerful man uh, on the planet at the time. And, uh, you know, he wants to know how many men he has under his control. And so he commissions Joab to go out and to count everyone. Well, in the beginning, God told him not to do that. He's to rely totally on him. Don't ever count your soldiers, the men that you have in control. You just lean on me. But for some reason, David decides he's going to number everyone. And he... And Joab warns him. Joab warns him, the Lord told you not to do this. But he didn't listen. So in verse 9 it says, And Joab gave up the sum of the number of people unto the king, King David. And there were in Israel 800,000 valiant men that drew the sword. And the men of Judah were 500,000 men. And David's heart smote him after that he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly. In that I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. For when David was up in the morning, the sword, or the word of the Lord, came unto him, unto the prophet, Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and say unto David, Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it unto thee. So Gad came to David and told him, and said unto him, Shall seven years of famine come unto thee in thy land? Or wilt thou flee thee months from thy enemies while they pursue thee? Or that there be three days pestilence in thy land? Now advise and see what answer I shall return to him that sent me. And David said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. Let us fall now into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. And let me not fall into the hand of man. That's where Paul was. Paul wasn't going to 
cater to the men around him that were trying to force him out. David had this huge decision to make. He had made some, made a poor decision. And what did he do? He learned that leaned on the mercies of God. It was the word of God that drove him to that. It's the word of God that should drive our decisions. It is the word of God that should allow us to understand where we need to go. We are here for a time and a purpose. We made a commitment. We received the word of God. We took it in. We made a stand for the word of God. And by it, we accepted the free gift of salvation. Let's not forget it. Let's live it out. Let's proclaim it. Let's fight this tyranny that's trying to force us out. I'll tell you what, this cancel culture that's coming, you know, they talk about white privilege, they're trying to divide us. You know what the next thing's coming? Christian privilege. Christian privilege. Are you ready, Christian, to stand up for your faith? Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklay.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.